Hello, and welcome to our world with your host, Ned Boy and Doc. Ned, how are you? Everything's good. It was a great weekend. How was yours? Pretty good, man. Uh, the weather here has taken a, a flip to the positive. Uh, we in 70s and 80s, I think, for at least quite a while, maybe through the rest of the season. So, it's yeah, beautiful. It's green out. I don't know what it's looking like in New York, but we have no more barren trees. This shit, like, overnight is green. I, have to actually, I didn't check the trees, but I know I have to wear a jacket today, so that's fine. Oh, well, it's supposed to be 82 degrees here, so this is, I'm in a sleeveless shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are completely, completely green. Uh, everything overnight sprung up a, a week ago. You could see still the barren trees, but, and where I live, right where I live, we have a gazillion trees. So it looks like the forest, especially when you fly in. Oh, wow. I'm not very far from the airport, and I live near a park, uh, that is five times bigger than Central Park. Five times bigger than Central Park, and it is nothing but trees. You know, yeah. For the south you go, the more green you see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When we when you take that airplane and you coming into Raleigh, it just looks like. Matter of fact, you very you don't really see the uh, the homes like New York has a very uh, unique, especially at JFK landing. You got the water right there. You know, you can see the highway and everything. Here is basically, you just see this big-ass national park. I mean, it's one of the biggest national parks, like, you know, not like uh, Yellowstone or anything. But this this shit is like acres upon acres upon acres. I have not been in there. It's just five times larger than this park, and that, that speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big park. Man, we had uh, we uh, did you watch the UFC this weekend? Yes, I did, and I'm starting to understand why people don't like Cormier. Oh well, you, Cormier wanted to do something. People are in his ear, I think. You mean his conduct at the end of the fight? No, I'm talking about the end of the fight. Didn't really bother him. I'm just talking about the, the way he fights. Well, it was he, either that or Jones, uh, not Jones, um, John Johnson. Had no will at all to compete if he knew he was going to retire already. Uh, but see, that's the way Cormier is. He's a bully. He's a wrestler. He bullies you. Actually, Anthony Johnson got very lucky he didn't get slammed three or four times because everybody else, Cormier, has slammed multiple times, including Bones Jones. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I, there was something about that fight that really angered me, and I'm still angry about that fight. Who's that? Anthony Johnson, a professional fighter, he has a big moment. His corner people know that he's retiring. He should not have had to spend a minute and a half calling for him, where are you guys at? Oh, yeah, come in the ring. Mm-hmm. As an ex-fighter, your corner never leaves with you. They walk out with you. They walk back with you. They never leave the ring before the fighter. It's a, it's almost an unwritten rule. You don't leave a fighter. That means you stranded him. You just left him out there on his own, and that's not cool. 
You know, and then somebody in this corner would have told him, Anthony, if you're really retiring, drop your gloves in the ring. That's the way it goes. That's like hanging up your sword. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it looked like his heart wasn't even in it. No, he, and you know what? Cormier said you still have a lot to give. If Anthony, once a fighter doesn't have anything else to give, there's nothing else to give. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I, that was an all right fight, but I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. Especially the because Anthony tried, tried to wrestle with a dude who was a supreme wrestler. But the one that kind of threw me off was the Masasi and Weidman fight. I thought Weidman was looking for a way out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. What's Demon Weidman's record? Weidman at one point was like 18 and 1 or 18 and 2. He hadn't really had any defeats. And two, after a few punches in the face, these guys are like, uh, maybe I'll try something else. And you know what? His, his boxing skill, it was horrible. Musashi is not very good on the ground, and he's horrible on the feet. You know, like, boxers, boxers aren't great wrestlers, and wrestlers shouldn't be boxing too much. Yeah, that's what I thought about the Komei fight. I'm like, why are you trying to wrestle with this guy if you have more power in the punch? And, and, and Musashi was, oh, yeah, well, Rumble Johnson's punches is, 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 is insane. And, um... Musashi has a very fast jab. A very, very, very fast jab. So I, I was surprised. But those knees were beautiful. And Wyden was looking. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing. New York embarrassed themselves with their state commission, not knowing, seeming to know the rules. Yeah. The doctor didn't know what to do. Wyden was like, I, I guarantee you, if they ever gave the five minutes and asked him, could he go on? Without telling him it was a legal knee, he would have said no. No. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 was a thing. But I don't know. For the replay, it looked like it was. Um, I mean, when you're watching it live, it didn't look. It looked like it was a clean hit. Yeah, it was two of them. Oh, and Wyman's record was up until the loss. He was sixteen, sixteen, and um, two. No. So and not allowed to throw a knee if someone hands is on the mat. Right, but see, they just changed that rule. If one hand is on the on the mat and one hand is up, knee is legal. And no. clearly, on one of them, he did only have one hand down. So he's thinking split second because you know he's living in that moment, and his moment was off. I mean, it wasn't what I would call the greatest call. This was not. Pay per view money worthy. No, this is Fox FX Sports or Fox. Yeah, Fox Sports. Now I watched the, the the females, and I usually love the females because they don't they don't drive around. Women when they fight, they get at it. They not like guys. Guys be sizing each other up and all that other bullshit. But women, they're like two cats. Now this Cynthia Cavello, right? I thought she outclassed this Pearl Gonzalez. But what I didn't like was they already are putting the bullshit on Cynthia Cavello, and it's only a third fight. She's yeah, a Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I mean, why yeah, is Dana doing this bullshit? She's much more, she was much smaller than her opponent. I was like, watch this girl with this girl. 
And sure enough, I was like, first off, if you're much taller than someone, you would think you would utilize a jab. But she let uh, Cynthia just get, get all in her. And and when Cynthia got her to the ground, she was the t- the better of the two. By far the better of the two. It was she was lucky to survive the first round. But you know what? Uh like I said, it was not one of the UFC's uh better cards, especially with the way the uh cold made event wind up ending. It was you know, now you gotta have two guys talk about rematch. I don't wanna see it again. Because it looks like Mousasi will beat him every time. So, <laughs> you know, and then the other shit on the card wasn't, it's not even really worth spending any time and energy on, really, to tell you the truth. As far as I'm concerned, unless you got something to add. No, not really. It was I was actually flicking back and forth in the first half. Oh, man. We got, uh, I guess this happened Thursday or Friday. This Poor little fucking boy in Michigan. He he hangs himself because he kind of gets catfished and faked out by some girl, I guess, was telling him they were going to do a Romeo and Juliet type suicide thing. Yeah. Now, I wish, you know, this boy had some people in his life who could have actually told him, you know what? What you think is the beginnings or endings at 11 ain't shit, man. Man, what are you doing at 11? 11 is, is sixth grade, technically. Yeah, I mean, aren't you still supposed to be monitoring? They're monitoring their online activity online, at that age? Yeah, but I've seen, I see kids get away with murder. I see kids speak to their parents in these type of ways, so. I don't know, some of these parents are just not, uh, consciously active, I guess. Yeah, well, you know what? Their social media life, I think, that's the new, I'm coming in your room. You know, back in the old days, I used to hear mothers tell, I mean, it never really happened to me, but I knew other buddies of mine who mothers were just burst in their room. They're like, fuck that. What do you mean you got the door closed? It's my house. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't allowed, well, I was allowed to close my door, but I was, if I had friends and stuff, I couldn't close my door. Okay. Well, see, the new closing my door is I got to find out what the fuck you doing on that cell phone. You know yeah. what? You see the data plan. You got to find out where they're going and what they're doing because, you know, I watch this. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I probably should be ashamed. But I watch the ID channel quite a bit. And the I, you ever watch the ID channel? No, no. I, I don't even know what that is. Okay. Investigative discovery. And it's always a story of somebody killing somebody, usually something to do with uh, male and female. But they have this show called Web of Lies, and it all it involves, it always involves murder. But it comes down to shit like catfishing that leads to murders. Uh, and it's more yeah, common than you would think. I don't understand how people get catfished. I'm like, you fall this heavy for someone over that you never met before? We live in an age where you can actually video chat with people. Listen. So you can't video chat with a 35-year-old man and think he's a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, well, you, you want to know something? I think catfishing is for people that are going way above 
They're shooting for a platform that's way above them, and they're not using any common fucking sense. Okay, say you know that you are, let's be fair, you're a five to six guy. That's your number. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm saying you're only a five or a six because of your frame, your looks, your financial situation. Now, this 10-plus woman who has a 10-plus lifestyle and a 10-plus uh, toys, she's interested. And she owns yachts and shit. You got an EBT card. Yeah. And she's got a body like Halle Berry. And she's interested in you. And you sitting at home puffing a joint and drinking a can of beer. You know that you're being fucked over. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't understand how people become so naive to think that, oh, this this person in West Bumblefuck Town is is interested in me. And I have a, I have a girlfriend that lives in a different state or country. And I'm going to go visit her. And I'm not going to be shocked when I find out it's a 38-year-old man. Yeah. You know, people are, it, what it is, you said the right word. They're naive and they're, they're not being realistic. Because here's the bottom line. I don't give a fuck who you are. This is not, this is not the 80s. This is not even the early 90s. I've been rapping to you, sweetheart, for a while. This is our fourth, fifth conversation. Okay, so I met you through your Facebook or whatever. But you know what? You can send me a text message. Not a fucking picture text message. You can send me a video test message. Yeah, you can send me a video. And every form of social media, at least Instagram and Facebook, has a live feature. It's every cell phone has a camera these days. Yes. Now, when these people are coming up, think about it. They're coming up with excuses why not they can't need you, but they also why they can't even chat with you. Yeah, yeah. Why you can't send me a video or live chat with me, huh? It's so, you should know right there, red flag, red flag. Sirens should go off in your head. That means if that, that doesn't happen, then you deserve to get catfished. Right. Well, you see, you are, you are asking for it. You are now literally telling the other person, "Okay, I'm bent over. Just do what you got to do behind me," because it's just being stupid. Now, I want to talk about a syndrome that happens. I don't know about kids in the uh, suburbs, and I'm sure you go. You don't have to use no names, but I'm sure that you're going to know people that's guilty of it. Because you kind of touched on this. And this is uh, people who never leave the fucking block. Oh, yeah, all the time. Got a few friends. The only time they left the block is that they went to jail. Yeah, you know what? I, I got way too many of those. And I'm going to tell you now, if you can hear me, go in to visit your grandmother who lived down south because you lived, like, say, in New York. That's not going on fucking vacation or really leaving. Because you're just going to sit on grandma's stoop. Yeah, I tell people all the time, like, yo, going on vacation, I mean, I'm not talking like, like somewhere exotic, like Tahiti or Bora Bora, where it might cost a couple thousands of dollars to go. You can go on vacation, you can find a decent vacation for I don't care where you go. Go to another state. Go experience different states. I don't care if you go to fucking Iowa. Yeah, there is a fucking thing called... if you And see, being scared to fly is not an excuse because there's a thing called Amtrak. And if I don't know if everybody's ever heard of it. There's a bus. Yeah. There are buses. 
You know what? I knew I knew guys, man, who would have like save up vacation for the year. So you got five, six weeks, and you ask them, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" Oh man, I'm just gonna chill out at home. Now I can understand that if you're tired and you like you fucking dig ditches for a living. But what do you work for? You know what do you work for? I'm like I work. I have to go on vacation at least once a year, minimum once a year. Isn't it times where I was dead broke, but I still have my vacation planned for that year? Cause I need to get away. And see, I, I I have a major problem with uh, a fucking grown person, and you ain't been on a plane in ten years. You're something wrong. You got to reevaluate what you're doing with your life. I mean. When you get, you're supposed to have these fucking memories, man. You want something to smile about. And what kind of woman is accepting this? Say you're a dude, you're dating one chick. You're dating her for five years. And the most y'all ever do is go to Red Lobster. That's a big thing. And you only do that around tax season. The fuck are you doing with your money, man? I, mean, I had a, a, well, I know a girl who, who posted on Facebook was, oh, my man surprised me. He taking me out. So he, he taking me out for dinner. And then a couple of hours later, she posts pictures at Chipotle. <laughs> like you're bragging on Facebook that your man taking you out for a $10 dinner? You know what? Chipotle is not taking anybody out. Now, see, you gave me something to go on here. I've been with this woman for like 22 years, going on 20, no, damn it, 23 years, going on 21 years of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Until we got deep, and I'm talking, I am talking, uh, only vacation, right? I have never took her to a fast food restaurant. Okay. Ever. It's just not acceptable. If we going out to eat, that does not mean McDonald's, Burger King, White Castle, <laughs> because to her, that's some shit you could do at lunchtime on your own. Yeah, or you could say, we're not going out to eat. I'm going to just go grab you something to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done that a million times. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not saying that I haven't ordered pizzas and Chinese food. No, that, that would be fraudulent. But as far as like, okay, we're going to go to a movie. Okay, put it this way. If we went to a movie... We would find a restaurant, even if it's not a top-notch restaurant, because we've been to the Nobles. Yeah. But we would never say, okay, baby, I want to take you to Burger King for dinner. (laughs) To me, that's what you do when you're 14 on your first dates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even have done that, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, most I could take you to the BBQs or something. See, you had BBQs. In my day, I had Beefsteak Charlie's. Okay. <laughs> Beef Steak Charlie was my go-to when I was young and I wanted to seem like I was doing something because at least it was a place you had on a shirt and a pair of slack and a woman could order a steak and shit. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no fucking double cheeseburgers. Yeah. Me personally, man. Number three, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah a combo. Comes to your table. <laughs> or even if you go out to Chinese, and I have taken, me and my wife have went out to Chinese, but it has not been the fucking hole in the wall around the corner. I would yeah, never sit in there. Whole guard it all. We would actually go to Chinatown. 
You know, would you actually have a ton of Chinese people and you're sitting in a Chinese, a real Chinese restaurant in Chinatown? Yeah, I, I don't get it. It's either, I don't know. First off, I don't know why you would brag about that on social media. If they post a picture hours later of you in some fast food restaurant. That's simple. And she probably banged them thoroughly that night. She gave them the special. She gave him the extra guacamole. Gave him the round the round the world special. Now that's some real. You know, you know what? There's some ghetto shit, man, that just don't make sense, and that's kind of ghetto and don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I can understand when you come back to the vacations. If you have a fear of airplane, cool, whatever. But at least don't say you have the fear that you've never been there before. At least try it once. And if you don't like it, take a short flight. Fly the fucking New York from New York to Washington, Maryland, Washington, whatever. And I'm going to tell you that. You didn't like it. I personally, I've flown so many times in my life, and it's still sometimes not the most comfortable experience. Yeah. But the way I look at it is, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is the way I look at it. I am not that kind of lucky that I die in a plane crash. Because think about it. The people that die in a plane crash, everybody that knows them will remember them forever. Yeah. It, it kind of is kind of an infamous thing. Because it's not like we all know somebody who's that's happened to. Yeah, I know one, but... Yeah, I know one indirectly because I yeah. kind of just heard the story. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's very rare that you hear that there's a, um, the, 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 what do they call it, like the air buses. It's, it's, when you hear about the, the like, plane, plane crashes, at least in the United States, it's always, like, the private jets, um, big helicopters. You very rarely hear about domestic flights going down. And you know what? I know a, a good buddy of mine's mother actually calmed me down from flying. She is a stewardess for like 30 years, right? And, you know, 30 years, you imagine how many flights she's been on? And she always says, what you need to worry about is that first 10 minutes and that last 10 minutes. Anything in between, and I actually watched the program, and it was because, let me say, two years ago, two years ago, me and my wife flew in hellacious turbulence. Hellacious. And I am talking, man, we it felt like it literally felt like we were falling. Yeah, Yeah, that's the worst though. (laughs) Now, the thing about it, I'm gonna give this woman credit. She always says, and I guess she really means it at her heart, it's out of my control. So I don't worry about it. Because she be like, you don't even see a fucking expression on her face. And me, like a little pussy, I be holding her hand. Ah! <laughs> I lying, huh? Okay. I reach right over, I hold her hand and be like, oh, man. She, she'll rub my arm like, relax, jackass. It's nothing you can do. So Yeah, I was on a flight like that that was like uh, the very first episode of Lost. Oh, I was like, oh my, and I had no one with me either, so it made it even worse. Oh, see, there's nobody to hold on to. <laughs> see, I, had, I, I, I held on. I mean, and this shit was, okay, we were down here. So I knew it was about maybe two, three years ago. And what happened was there were storms all through, 
We have to fly over Kansas and Kentucky to get to Vegas. And this fucking thing for two hours. Blue, blue, blue. And this guy was like, you know what? I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid it, but there is nothing that I could do. I can't go above it. I can't go below it. We just got to deal with it. And then I had that bad airplane piss feeling. <laughs> you know, but I couldn't get out of my chair because the plane felt like it was rocking. So what I did was when I got home, I, I actually watched a video about turbulence. And it is like, it's all in people's mind. See, in your mind, you start thinking this thing is going to fall apart. Yeah. It's going to crash. And it's like, you know what? It's impossible. It's not going to happen. So if you take that fear out of your mind, you know, and now I'm not good. I'll tell you now, there are places she wants to go. I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing to go to Australia because I don't have 13, 16 hours of my life at a plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to connect. But then I got to come back. I, I wouldn't mind it if I could say, I, if we fly to like, and we go fly to Hawaii, there's direct flights that leave from New York, but it's 12 hours straight. I didn't know if I could do 12 hours on a plane, so I was like, well, I'll fly to California and then get back on another flight. Well, you know what? Fuck that. You get to California and you stay two days before you go to Hawaii. Uh, See, now that I'll do. You know, I'll fly to Europe to get to, or, or Asia to get to Australia, but that's straight flight. I mean, I had a buddy of mine who flew to India. Yeah, he was like 18 hours. Yeah, I just had a friend that went to Japan, and he said the flight was going to be super long. I was like, I don't know how you can do it. I think after a while, you would need to get up and walk around the plane. You can't just sit in that seat. But you know what? Those are those big, super huge planes. Like, okay, America, we don't even see them too much anymore. That's the big three rolls, that middle roll. Yeah, he went to um, Dubai, and they flew Emirates. He's like, oh, man, that was the best plane he's ever been on in his life. You can walk around, you can lay down. It's, it was pretty high-tech. Matter of fact, what is that? Uh, the last time that I uh, actually uh, was on a big DC-type plane, I was going to Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah. Normally, the international flights are a little larger. And I'm going to tell you but that. I have a question. When you, when you do vacation... Are you like a sightseeing person? Oh, you know how, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, it's a mixture. Uh, I have things that I like to do all the time. I have places I like to visit, clubs I like to see, you know, shopping, food, you know, restaurants. But, oh, yeah, I bring a camera and I take pictures. Uh, but it's not like I go out of my way to sightsee. Like, I have seen those fountains 962 times. If I miss the fountain, I'm not going to make a trip to go see the fountain. But if I walk by and I know it starts in five minutes, I'll wait and look at it. Yeah, that's, like a, that's how it is. I am. But I'm not a, like, I'm not going to see, I'm not taking a special trip to go see the pyramids. Like, we went somewhere one time, I think it was in Mexico, and, they, and a bunch of people wanted to see the pyramids. And I'm like, listen, that's a whole day adventure. I'm not wasting my entire day to go see pyramids. I'll catch y'all when y'all come back. I'll catch the pyramids on the History Channel. No, I, I will say, and that goes back to me in this Dominican trip. 
my first time ever going to Dominican Republic. I went with a coworker. Yeah. And we get on this we get on the plane. And it happens to be a major drug dealer on the plane. I don't know the guy. She knows the guy just from reputation alone that this is some big time player. Some way or another, this fucking guy starts talking to me. That's me to come over, sit down with him, and I come sit. He's a total stranger. So they break out, uh, uh, Rugal. I never even seen fucking Rugal. Oh, Rugal, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're on the plane drinking Rugal, and then they pull out cocaine. And I mean, they pull out cocaine and put it right on the tray, uh, the, 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 the serving table. And right in the middle of the plane, you're getting high as a kite. And she kept saying, you got to stay away from these guys. So this guy eventually says, hey, listen, where are you staying? Now, I never, I've been to the Dominican Republic four times. I have never stayed in a resort. I always stayed with real Dominicans in their homes. Yeah, yeah, same with me. Uh, I only been one time, but yeah, I stayed at a friend's house. So I stayed, I would stay with her abuela or Tia. And so we were in Santa Domingo, and this fucking guy pulls up with four Mercedes Benz, four Mercedes. And she was like, listen, if you drive a Mercedes in 1984 in the Dominican Republic, brand new, you are a bad man. <laughs> so I had to kind of blow this guy off, but I did keep in contact with him. What he did was he owned a, a shitload of chop shops up in the Bronx. But they were all coked in uh, hiding places. Yeah. But she was like, the best thing that you ever did was not go with this guy. Because you never, I might have never seen you again. Yep. Uh, we got in a taxi like that in Mexico. He was offering us all types of things. Like, I want to hang out? No, thank you. So when we are, we are in Dominican Republic, it's Memorial Day weekend. And I, see, I didn't know about this. I guess they take visiting the grave sites real serious down there. Oh, okay. Matt, they got a fucking graveyard in Dominican Republic of Santa Domingo. That must be the size of Central Park. <laughs> so they come up with this bright idea. You talking tourism shit? Now, I, I wish somebody Dominican could tell me who and where this place is. There's this big, like, monument that has, like, a tram line in one of the capitals. Mm-hmm. And you got to walk these fucking steps. Like, it seems like you're walking this Mayan, this Mayan thing. Now, I have a problem with huge things. Anybody that's ever been around me will know that. I don't like to stand next to humongous things by myself. Meaning, like, if I was to stand alone next to a plane, in a, say, in a, in a tarmac, yeah. And nobody was around, I would get petrified, frozen. I couldn't move. Somebody would have to actually come and drag me out. <laughs> I can't stand next to real big, like a huge statue. Just me and a, a statue alone. Yeah. For some reason, my legs won't work. I won't be able to move. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, they took me up this fucking thing. I made it up. It's got no railings. And it's like a thousand steps, it seems, going down. Do you know in front of like 4,000 people, I had to go ask the step, ask the step, ask the step to get there? <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing I ever did in my life. Now, I call my, I consider myself to be a semi-tough guy, but I'm, I'm watching kids run down the steps. 
I had to literally put my ass on each step, hold my hands behind me, and go ask the step, ask the step, all the way down, <laughs> like 300 steps. <laughs> that let me know, don't ever go to, don't go sightseeing unless you know what the hell is at those sites. Yeah, what you getting into? That's right. I mean, you know, don't, don't, don't take me somewhere and find out the only way that we get back is that if I jump off a cliff and swim across the fucking lake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got friends, they love sightseeing, man. They're, they're like, go over in a car, drive around the countryside. I'm just not into it. I, I'm like, I'll go. I, I prefer to sit at the pool or, or hang out. I'll go if there's, like, if we ride, like, an ATV to go or be doing some form of horseback riding. Something exciting. I don't want to spend my vacation in the car. Yeah, I've, I've learned. I kind of learned a lot of my, my tricks over there. I rented a, uh, what do you call it, a, a moped one time, and I crashed this shit into a pig farm. Oh, shit. That's not fun. No, no, not at all. But, like, you know what? Nowadays, I keep a lot of my vacations are on uh, hardcore uh, concrete because I'm not a type of dude that wants to go someplace to some beach. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in being around a pool all day or beach. That's not what I want to see. Yeah, I can say the pool for like eight hours straight. See, not me. I'm a concrete cowboy, man. Keep me on the goddamn concrete. I, I, that's what I want. I want the concrete. Matter of fact, I think when we were to New Orleans, if my hotel ain't have a pool, I probably would have died because of the, the swamp weather that was out there in July. Oh, well, that, uh, you know what? Louisiana is brutal. Brutal. So is Texas. We are talking brutal heat, but that Louisiana swampy shit, that is, that is, that's kind of special stuff, you know? Yeah, hold on. People live there. There's two places I would never go again in the summer. It's, it's three places. Orlando, Vegas, and New Orleans. Well, Vegas, you can't, they can't see me in July and August. No, 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 no. You know what? I lived in Orlando. I lived in Orlando for like nine months, and that was uncommon heat. And I wasn't very far from the arena and uh, Disney. What is it? Is it Disney? Uh, Disney? What's that? One of those big-ass parks in Orlando. Yeah, Disney and Universal. That's what it was, Universal. Matter of fact, I ate Thanksgiving dinner, 86 degrees, at a hotel across from Universal. Oh, wow. But I didn't like Orlando at all. I did not like Florida. I don't like Floridians. They're a special breed of people. I can tell you one thing, they can't drive for shit. No, and it's a special breed. Especially when I win, I mean, black guys still had curls in their hair. It was... It was almost like I had stepped into, like, a a comedy about the South in the South. So I was like, fuck that, man. I'm too shitty for this place. So I, I, I passed. But Vegas, I've been there when it's 107 degrees, 112 degrees. That shit yeah, is brutal. Yeah. That's actually not even really good for your respiratory system. Nope. That, that kind of heat. I think I did it one, we went one time in July, and I was like, I can't, I can't take this heat. It was like you couldn't even move. Your whole body was just sweating. I like to go, really, my favorite month because it's my anniversary month is May. But I went last year uh, in August. One year I went 
in October leading, uh, actually I was there Halloween, Halloween to the beginning of November. That was a little like off because it was like, you know what, you could use a jacket. As far as I'm concerned, I, I tell buddies of mine this all the time. I think there's months you don't go to Vegas, especially if you're a newbie, going to Vegas in a coat is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You miss, you miss out on so much. You miss out on the pools. He's a single man. You miss out on watching women walk around in bikinis. I mean, there's a lot of shit you miss out on because you're there in November and December. Fuck that. It's cold home. Why am I traveling from cold home to go somewhere cold? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I will only be there if it's an event happening or I have to go for some other reason. Yeah, and, 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 and actually, Louisiana, I really don't know what's the perfect time of year for that place because the few times that I've been there, it's been scorching every time. Yeah, they just can't escape anything. I guess maybe after September. Yeah. I just, it's just hard to breathe in out there. It's just swampy. Humidity is just nasty. Like, but that's what I tell people. There's places like New Orleans you could go. And now all these websites like Home Away, Airbnb. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg on hotels if you, if you, if you don't have it. So there are ways of getting around to having an affordable vacation to get your ass off of the block. Yeah. A New Yorker could take his ass to Philadelphia and have a great time. Now, I wouldn't say go to Philly for long. Because Philly, you could throw a rock as far as you could throw it, and that's you're out of Philly. Yeah. And out of shit to do. But Philly is a beautiful place for a weekend. I, when I lived in New York, me and my wife must have went to Philadelphia 10, 15 times. Because it was a nice, quick getaway the fucking food is off of, out of control. Yep, and you could jump on the uh, New Jersey train. You just have to switch at a certain spot, but I took the train out to Philadelphia, so it's very doable, people. Uh, then when you get to Philly, I always had something set up. I would always have a baseball game or football game set up, and I golfed when I was in Philly. I always, I used to bring my golf clubs to Philly with me. So I would golf, and there's a train that actually goes to the corner of the golf the the, uh, the golf uh, course. Can't be that. Didn't even have to have a cab. Actually, maybe I'm looking to doing that this weekend. I was checking to see what's going on. Oh no, damn it, I can't. And then I would run into people I knew. I, I would run into David. I used to we used to work with. He lived in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I would see him down. Hey, David, I'm coming to town. You think you can come over and meet me? And he, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. A nice small little town. I always go to Center City. Fuck North Philly. Fuck South Philly. Fuck West Philly. Center City is where you want to be. It's about the safest place in Philadelphia. You yeah, know. Another thing, people go. When you go on vacation. Make sure you research where not to go. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't want to be that person ended up in a, a dark alley somewhere. Matter of fact, me and my wife, we was in Philly, and we were on Broad Street. And we decided that we're going to walk to old old Philadelphia. They have what they call Old Town, right? But we're like two fucking lunatics. We walk up 
maybe eight blocks off the main strip and start walking through the hood. And, you know, we uh, we, we keep running into Benny Siegel-looking motherfuckers every other block. <laughs> and then you, you start realizing, but you know what? I think part of the thing is that how if, you, if you carry yourself in a demeanor like you belong and you're not scared and you really legitimately aren't scared, people look at you and be like, I don't know who the fuck you are, and maybe you shouldn't be there, but they don't bother you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was a dumb move. We would have been better off. I mean, we could have got on the bus, I think, at that time for two dollars or took a ten dollar cab. But you know, it was a nice weather day and see her ne her ne nephew went to Temple. So he was right there. Okay. So when we would go to Philly one once or twice, we would run into him, go out and eat with him and stuff, but he was right there in Center City because the University of Pennsylvania, Lincoln and Temple are all right there. I think the only place that I, I felt uncomfortable was I had to go to the post office in um, New Orleans because I bought too much shit and I couldn't fit it in my suitcase. So I had to go to the post office, and the post office is over by the the Mercedes Benz, the dome. Mm -hmm. And just walking there from my hotel, it was like everything on to get there was abandoned. Hmm. Like Luckily, it was in the daytime. If it was at night, I probably would have felt a whole different way. But the yeah. daytime, it was still a little sketchy in the daytime. I'm like, I shouldn't even be walking this way by myself. Yeah, but yeah, man, we, we've done that too. Now, I don't know if you know, you know where our Stratosphere Hotel is in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, we actually walked, me and my wife walked from there all the way to old Las Vegas. And that's another thing I wouldn't exactly. Okay, this up by Ben was, uh, is Stratosphere, so I don't know what comes after that. Uh, a lot of, like, bullshit and you'd be like what but you when you get midway through you're like oh i'm caught up now so let's keep going uh -huh. so me and her have we definitely had some adventurous walks through other states and other towns but you're right always do your research man it, it does not hurt to know where you are where you're going where you should not be especially somebody coming to new york there's areas in New York, you would think that everything is, like, split and wide. You can just do what you want. No, there's places you should and shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. And the thing about New York, that shit changes from, it changes from moment to moment. Okay. Yeah, I was like, from New York one time, and I had to meet a friend who was staying in the projects across the street from Marcy, Tompkins. He's staying at the Tompkins houses. So I'm meeting him one day, one night. It was after to be like 11 at night. So I take the fucking G-Train. I didn't even know what the hell a G-Train was. <laughs> so I get up to stop. I don't know the name of the stop. And I'm waiting for him on the corner. And I'm on the corner of the fucking block between Marcy Project and Tompkins Project. This had to be like 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing around here? I'm from Harlem. I don't know shit about Brooklyn. And I'm just standing between these two big-ass projects. And then finally he comes like, dude, why you wait for me inside the train station? I'm like, who the fuck waits inside the train station unless you say, wait for me in the train station? Yeah. I'm going to come out the train station and look around and, and wait for you on the corner. And, and people don't, in, in those type of areas, they don't take kindly to, it seems like everybody there has an eye out for who, they know who everybody's cousin is, everybody's brother, and it's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? And it. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, and I didn't just park up at Marcy and Tompkins. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, look, I almost got, I think I told this story before. I almost getting robbed in Brooklyn going to see a girl that lives over by King's Highway. I had to get off the train at Sutter Avenue, and it was a good walk to get to King's Highway. So I'm walking, and it was about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm walking up the block, and I'm like, motherfucker, these guys started following me. You know when someone's following you. So luckily, Brooklyn has those grocery stores that stay open all night. So I went up in the grocery store and just hung out in there for about 10, 15 minutes. And I see that the coast is clear. I think I put on my Hussein Bolt track shoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so... I think that was Brownsville. I think that's Brownsville. Yeah, Southern Avenue, definitely. You 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 definitely want to know where you're going, where you're at. That's just what I call common sense. And a part of that is you have certain neighbors that they go through, especially a city like New York, they go through these phases of being clean from drugs, and then all of a sudden it's a drug area. Yeah, you can definitely be good. It can look like 42nd Street, and then you walk four or five blocks over, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, so you gotta you gotta know where is the drug infested area, and I'm sure with what's going on now, and this shit is this one is something I wanted to really touch on real quick. I found it bizarre that law enforcement is deciding to handle heroin in such a kid glove manner. I mean, I did did they do this in New York? Now, like in certain states, is law that the cops have to carry in their car or on their person that revival heroin drug? Oh, they were talking about that, but I think for us, heroin is more out in the Long Island areas, the little suburban areas. It's not a big city issue. Oh, it's not. It hasn't It hasn't filtered its way back where you're still seeing dope fiends like on 8th Avenue. No, if you've seen a dope fiend on 8th Avenue, I mean, they may be heroin addicts, but they may be uh, on that methadone shit. Oh, well, I'm going to you now. I worked. You know where we worked? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I used to go to 8th Avenue and, like, 37th Street all the time. And there was that, uh, what the fuck is that? White Castle was there. Yeah. And they would come, I guess, and get their morning candy. Yeah. And when they get their morning candy, man, that's, it's like uh, Methadone Central. Now, up here. And we have we have a problem here. We uh because I'm out in the suburbs, the opiates have hit. So you don't see like uh because it's not like city blocks, it's not like you're gonna ever see people grouped up on no corners because there's no corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you will pull up say you pull up to GNC or C V S and it's eight o'clock, you're always gonna see two or three cars just sitting in the fucking parking lot because somebody's waiting for their six. Yeah. See, because instead of them having a center here, they have to go to the pharmacy here. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they have to physically go. Yeah, because... They're going to, like, the hospital or something. They got... No, 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 no. This shit is a... It's definitely what you would call a suburban problem. But even... I guess because it's such a suburban problem, and that's, like, cold word for white kids. Yeah. <laughs> and crack is a cold word for inner-city black and Hispanic, it, it, it's just, it, it just bothers my belly that they're handling this like, okay, now all of a sudden we need centers and rehab and education. When it was crack cocaine, we need to bust ass, lock yeah, up. Bust some, lock up everybody, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of crack, I told a story the other day about my friend that 
the young guy that's on crack. I basically had to duck him again this weekend because I pulled up to the pizza shop and he was standing in front of the damn pizza shop begging for money. Like, motherfucker, this has to be the worst day. I don't want this guy asking me for money again. So I kindly waited until he started walking to the next store to beg for money. So the running the pizza shop that I threw my hoodie on and crept out and walked kind of diagonally to get back to my vehicle. All the duck of crackheads. So he's just giving up the ghost and giving into it. He's not putting up a fight at all. No, he's out there. I guess he's out there every weekend begging for money. Mm. Yeah, he probably just... On this trip, it's about five or six stores. So I guess he goes from store to store holding doors for people and asking for change or helping yeah. them with their bags. That's but I ain't got time for that. I don't, want, I don't want to have to keep telling you no. I don't want to support to have it either, so... No, but you know what? That's not your responsibility. That's not something you're supposed to do. Now... You know, even though I think that they're being kind of uh, baby-handed with the heroin, I am all for uh, helping anybody who wants to get help to get off drugs. I, I think that's oh, a yeah. nice. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I fucking hate it. I hate what drugs do to families, to people. You know, makes people hope hopeless. Think that their future's not going to be shit. But I am. I am a hundred percent for programs and if it takes their children to be fucked up to help some of our children because i'm glad our next generation is not messing around so much with 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 heroin and oxy yeah even though i don't know well our generation but like i said i have friends white friends who who said they already been to seven funerals they went to seven funerals last year both from friends that have overdosed on heroin and they're young. They're like in their 30s. So, but mm. again, it's not in the. It's not. Too, I don't see it in the too much in the big city. These are people that's talking to me that comes from the suburbs or uh, different places in the uh, in America. Mm. You uh, do you know that the get down is back? Yeah, someone uh just let me know that the second half of the get down season one is back. So it's still on my list to watch. Yeah, I've only watched one episode so far. So far, it's still good. It still has that vibe. Now, I will, I don't know if you've seen anything new, but I will give a shout-out to a cartoon that I found on Netflix. It's called F is for Family. And this is some fucking family. You know what? Let's just think of the new generation of cartoons, which would be Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. Legends of uh, Chamberlain Heights, meaning they're grown-up type cartoons. Well, this yeah. one is just out and out grown-up. They don't bleep the F word and the MF and straight, he just straight out says it. He tells his kids constantly, man, I, I, I'm going to spend like 16 years building walls just so I can smash your fucking head through them all. <laughs> the mother's crazy. The children are crazy. The son hates his parents. I said, it's a half an hour. I think yeah, it's like five, five episodes. It's well, it's well worth a quick view. Well worth a quick view. And put it this way. If, it, if the first one don't make you laugh, there's no need to see the next four because it's kind of the same shit. But they at least have stories and it's, it's intertwined. You know how like comedies, you do one thing in a comedy and it's forgotten the next week? Yeah. 
not this one. This is a run-on story. He wanted, I guess the, the writers wanted to tell a story from beginning to end, and it just took five episodes to do it. All right. Yeah, Netflix is getting bigger. They're starting their own. Uh, I feel like Netflix is going to be like a new cable channel, but they're going to make, they're going to have enough content where people are going to start dropping packages. Well, you know what? It'd be fine by me because I'm going to tell you now, like that father says he wants to run his son's head through fucking walls. I want to run Time Water. Well, no. What is it? Spectrum now? Spectrum, yeah. No fucking better than Time Warner down here. It's garbage. My DVR sometimes. Tape shit down. And I think my DVR thinks I'm a homosexual. Because it be taping <laughs> shit that don't make sense. It tapes shit that's kind of what I would say, you know, like gay. I don't know how else to say it without being offensive. Because it's offensive to me. Yeah, I don't want you taping uh, Housewives. Or, I never watch no shit like that. So why would it even think that I want to watch stuff like that? You know, I, I can tell this fucking thing. Don't tape something. Cancel the recording, the series recording, and come back. Like, I canceled that J-Lo show like ten times now. Uh, Shades oh, of Blue? Blue? Oh, I can't handle it no show. more. It's actually a good show. I enjoy that show. You know what? You've given me some lousy viewing advice, and that's, I'm not going to blame you for this, but please, you know what? I stopped watching it. I watched the first two episodes. I am tired of them weaseling their way out of any fucking situation. They don't pay for nothing. No matter what they do, it always turns. I mean, since when punk-ass police is just running the FBI ragged? Come on, have some realism. I think, but I think it's because the, the the FBI person is actually a rogue agent. Yeah, he don't have the full weight of the FBI behind him. Yeah, but still, I mean, damn, I'm like, come on, man. Every week, and then I don't like the child. Oh, yeah, they the always have a dumbass kid. They always have a dumbass kid in these shows. <laughs> I don't like the daughter. There's so much I don't like about the show anymore. And I was, I was a big fan, but then when they did the heist last year, they kind of was losing me with that. I mean, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, people got shot. They covered up a cop being shot. Just hold them in a room for a couple of days. And it'll go away. Everything just, it'll go away. You know, fuck this. This is nonsense. You know? Yeah, so, everything now is based in uh, Chicago, I guess. Hold on, but isn't that a New York show? That's a New York show, but they uh, I've been uh, watching a lot of cop shows lately, and they all, like, based in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, NBC... Everything that was a spinoff of Law and Order is all Chicago. Chicago Fire, Chicago Police. But yeah, you know they Chicago Justice, and now it's a new show called APB. Oh, no. I tried that. Two yeah, episodes. Oh, uh, that's uh, the guy that's the billionaire who's making yeah, toys. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle it. Two episodes. See, that's my thing. If, if you don't keep my attention after two episodes, I'll give you one or two. And, and if I'm already in the second one going, and I turn over to my wife and look at her and say, you want to get out of here? That's not our cold word. That means this show is shit. We out. That's what I felt last night. I, I was dying for a movie to watch. So I put on Sleepless with Jamie Foxx, and I wanted to go to sleep. I've never even yeah. heard of that one. Oh, my God. I think about 25 minutes in, I was like, I'm not sitting through this shit no more. It came out last year. I was like, It was like the black version of Taken. Oh, okay. 
Oh, yeah, but he was a cop, right? Yeah, I was like, 30 minutes in, 25 minutes, I was like, then when I see Gabriel Union, I was like, oh, I should turn. They was like, oh, give it a chance. And I'm like, 10 more minutes in, I was like, oh, no, fuck this. I, I That's right, you're not a huge fan of Gabriel, right? Yeah, yeah, everything besides, everything I've seen Gabriel in, I didn't like. Besides Bad Boys too, but I, I enjoyed the banter between Will Smith and Mar Lawrence. So... She was like a, not a focal point for me of that movie, but everything I, every every time I see her face, I'm like, up oh, this movie's gonna suck. Mm, mm, mm. Well, she had some TV show, Being Mary Jane or some shit. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I, I heard it. It's a good show. I haven't watched it either, but it's not like I'm a big enough fan of uh, Gabrielle that I care to watch it. So, and I got, I must have. 30 fucking shows that I watch. It takes me long enough of my life. I'm a, I'm devoting too much time to the boob tube. And the NBA playoffs is going to come, so I need to have less time. Yes, sir. The NBA playoffs. I guess uh, Denver Nuggets feel like shit this morning. If they would have won that game, they would have been in the playoffs? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. So Russell really put a dagger. But I'm going to tell you what. We're not going to go into in-depth on the playoffs right now. As a matter of fact, we're going to get ready to wrap this up because I think that we might as well wait until we have the, the lineups. And I think maybe, hopefully, by our next show, we'll have those playoff lineups. Yeah, definitely. Okay, that sounds beautiful. Nick, tell the people our info, please, sir. As always, folks, you can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, our YouTube page. Everything. You can find us at netboy. Please, on the YouTube page, subscribe, comment, share, like, dislike. We don't care. We answer all comments. Once again, that's at YouTube, at netboy. On YouTube, at netboy. Fantastic. Well, Net and people... Uh, this is Doc here on behalf of Doc Netboy in our world, and I'm going to tell you like I always tell you, peace.